So it's Catholic teaching that Mary was conceived, that means from the first moment of her existence in her mother's womb, she had no sin, did not contract the original sin that we all inherit from uh, Adam and Eve, from the sort of primordial humanity. She was protected from that, she was saved from that. So she never had this uh, a moment of sinfulness the way that we all kind of experience in our lives. Have that in mind, Oh, by the way, the feast day of that is in a few days, and it's the, it's a very serious, great feast, and it's the, it's on Thursday, I think, the 8th, yeah. And it's the feast, of, I think, of the nuns next door. We have one over here, yeah. So, pray for our, our sisters on that day. Um, have that in mind as you're reading this gospel passage, because we get weird expectations when we misunderstand what the faith is about. And we think the holier, that, the holier that we get, the more God owes us. And if I pray, that's like a payment. I'm kind of giving God some money, and now he owes me some, you know, miracle. And if I pray a little bit, he owes me a little miracle. And if I pray a lot, he owes me a big miracle. And if I do some good thing, he owes me. We're so sort of cheap and materialistic in our, in our brains that we even see our friendship with God as a transaction. That obviously is extremely stupid, and the more we act and live like that, the less we're gonna really have a God. Because in that case, that means we're causing something in God. That means God is more like, you know, the cashier at a store or a waiter or something like that. The more we think God owes us anything, the more we are our own God. And we are treating the true God as if he's our servant. The whole thing is completely backwards. Absolutely, completely upside down. That is the pathway to hell. To think and feel about God in that way. Look at Mary's example here. Immaculate conception. Never sinned in her life. Devoted to God. Lived the life of perfection that all Christians should strive for. And the angel comes to her and says, Hail, favored one, hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. How does she react? Holy talk. And I'm sorry to say this, can be a scam sometimes. People can use godly language religious language because they're selling you something. And maybe they're not selling you an actual product, but they want to scam you in one way or another. Sorry to say it, it's terrible, it's the way the world is. Mary doesn't hear holy talk and say, okay, what do you want to say? Let's, let's see what you're selling, let's see the product. The Lord is with you she replies with silence. It says she was greatly troubled at the saying and thought, consider in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. This is really interesting. The Immaculate Conception, Mary, is wise enough about the world to be suspicious. Even when somebody is approaching her with holy language. Why, why am I framing this in the context of the Immaculate Conception? 
Mary, who was sinless, still knew the world was corrupt and knew that even holy language can couch, can, can cover up evil things. And so she needed to protect herself from that. Now contrast that with you and I when we're kind of feeling lazy. And we're not quite sure what God wants and, you know, what the right thing to do is. And any holy thing, anything, not even holy, anything presenting itself as holy, anybody talking religion, just because they're talking religion, okay, that's a good thing, I'm going to go for it. Without any question, without any tr being troubled in our hearts. And we're sinful. And Mary is sinless, and she's protecting herself more than we are. We think of the angel Gabriel coming to her, and, and he is an angel, and he was sent from God, but Mary didn't know that yet. As far as she knew, this was a temptation. As far as she knew, this was more like the serpent coming to Eve. She didn't know that yet. Just because somebody comes talking a big talk, doesn't mean they represent God. That includes me, I suppose. Okay? Don't clap. <laughs> Second, he comes and, okay, she's troubled. He says, okay, do not be afraid. You found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb. You will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be given the throne of his father David. His kingdom will last forever. So the holy talk is followed by a whole bunch of promises of something that anybody would want. Amazing promises. You're going to have a son, your son is going to be a king, his kingdom will never end. <clears throat> Somebody came and just offered you for free everything you ever wanted. How would you react? How does Mary react? She says, no, wait. I do not have a husband, I do not know men. And it looks like she was planning on keeping it that way. Because there was an easy answer to that if she was planning to have kids. So Mary's response to the offer of a lifetime was, there's something weird here. It was not, yes, where do I sign up? Mary who is immaculate. Now, if you're noticing a pattern here, I think there is one. Mary reacting with suspicion at the greeting, reacting with a question at the offer. This probably wasn't the first time something like this had happened to her. I'm not saying other angels appeared to her or something. But Mary lived in, a, in, in the ordinary world that you and I live in. And even though she was perfect, her life had taught her not to trust everybody who speaks in God's name and not to accept every offer that's given to you. That means she had lived kind of a rough life and she was really young by all accounts. Probably the age of the, your, your grandparents or your great grandparents, specifically your grandmother when she was married, 12, 13, 14 years old, something like that. But at that young age, she was already sort of worldly wise and knew when to ask questions, knew when to be quiet, knew when to be troubled. That means even though she had been prevented from contracting original sin, she still had some hardships to face in her life. Mary, who is perfect, 
faced hardships. Now, what are you and I going to complain about? Now, look how it ends, though. There's the, last, the last part is the most interesting. After it's explained, she asks, oh, how can this be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And he explains how this is from God. And he gives even evidence. Your cousin Elizabeth is with child, even though she's old. Look at this miracle that got accomplished. Then, no more questions, no more doubts, no more being troubled. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Even though she was... She had worldly wisdom, knew to suspect, knew to question. When she knew that it was from God, the discussion was over. When she knew that this was God's will, no more debate, no more questions. Yes. The troubles and difficulties of life did not harden her heart. She didn't hesitate when she knew it was from God. She is the model of Christianity for all of us to strive for. But, and, and we stress her yes to God. But her yes to God did not come at the beginning. Her yes to God came through a trial that she had to face and through many trials. You and I are always in trials. Daily basis. Maybe, on a, maybe every day we have fake talk couched in good talk. We have offers that, that are unbelievable. And we have indications that something is God's, is God's will. Strive to be like Mary during this Advent. As we prepare for Christmas, she became a vessel for the Lord. Open your hearts the way she opened her hearts, her, her heart to, to receive Christ. Amen.